This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, the invoicing tool that I use to make sure I collect all my money in an efficient manner. To claim your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks that I give away every Monday is Kim Dust. She's in the entertainment industry and is currently working a full-time day job and doing her side hustle on the side. Kim, congrats. For you guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to officially enter. Good morning, Top Tribe. You are listening to episode 299. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from Jeff Epstein. He's a law student that quit to build a referral program business that's now doing $2 million in ARR per year. It's a SaaS business. Post roll 299. Okay, Top Tribe. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We've got a special guest on today. I, I, I really believe you're going to enjoy him. His name is Adam Valken, and he's managing director at General Catalyst Partners, which I know many of you that are raising capital or if you have raised capital in the startup world have most likely heard of. But he's based in the firm's Boston office and helps to oversee its New York office as well. The firm invests in early stage internet and software companies like Airbnb, Stripe, Snapchat, and Kayak. Previously, Adam was a venture partner in the London office of Excel Partners. Now, before that, Adam was global head of digital media at television television production company Endemol, a partner at venture capital firm Arts Alliance, and was co-founder and CEO of Love Film, which was sold to Amazon in 2011. He's currently a board member or actively involved with a number of companies, including Vroom, ClassPass, CCP Games, which was the creator of EVE Online, the super evil Megacorp, creator of Vainglory, Giphy, and Funbox. His previous investments include Fiverr, Halo, Spotify, Kenshu, Love Film, and Flyware. He was born in Johannesburg, South Africa, and holds a degree in economics from Harvard University, where he was a member of the varsity tennis team. Adam, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes. All right, so let's do this. Tennis, are three, five or above, or, or are you below three, five? Above. Above. <laughs> do you play actively in USTA or no? I do play actively. Very good. So take us back, Adam, before we get into some of these investments and what you're doing currently, take us back to the early days. You, uh, you know, when you left Europe, I think Europe, I mean, they shed some tears over this based off the press associated with with it. How did you kind of get started in venture capital? Maybe start off at, maybe with the Love Film experience in 2003 as interim CEO. Yeah, so I came, I, I initially uh, moved from the U.S., to Europe in 99 as a uh, 25-year-old for a job as an associate at a venture capital firm. And my thesis then was that I wanted to um, find a new frontier that was still in the very, very early days of understanding the internet because I had worked during the very early years of the U.S. kind of internet boom uh, between 96 and and 99. And... um, I landed up in Europe super excited about um, hopefully being somewhat of a pioneer investor in some of the uh, first wave of European internet companies. 
And it was super fun, but the party ended very quickly in 2000 with the burst of the bubble. Mm-hmm. And the years that followed uh, were, were largely spent kind of picking up the pieces and um, cleaning up from the, uh, from the party of uh, 99, 2000. And, um, uh, but it was also an incredible time to learn and to build great companies. And in 2003, my venture firm uh, incubated a company called Love Film, which was the, uh, essentially was the Netflix of Europe uh, at the time, delivering DVDs in the mail and later um, over-the-top uh, subscription-based VOD. Um, but I, um, as part of that incubation, uh, working with my firm and Thomas Hogue, um, who was the lead guy. What was the uh, firm's we, name, Adam, the, the, that incubated uh, the film? Uh, the, firm was, the firm was called Arts Lions. Okay. Um, and as part of my um, you know, passion uh, for entrepreneurship, interest in the space, um, and also development, uh, my firm asked me if I'd be interested in uh, being the CEO and building the company myself, uh, which I did um, uh, for the first uh, sort of year or two. And then we hired a professional CEO, but I stayed uh, sort of very active with the company. And, um, you know, the rest, I guess, is history. It became uh, the largest player in Europe. It consolidated the space, um, acquired its competitors, including Amazon's uh, competitor, and then eventually uh, was sold uh, to Amazon.com in 2011. Um, But my involvement with that project ended in about 2008, um, where I spent a couple of years uh, in, in, in corporate life working uh, with a big media company called Endemol, uh, and then came back to venture at the end, at the beginning of 2010, uh, when, it, when I joined the Excel team in London. And uh, that was really an incredible time because the, um, uh, the, the sort of original vision that I had for Europe uh, in 99, when I first came sort of really played out in uh, 2010 and afterwards because uh, it was post the um, post the 2008-9 um, recession and it was also after Facebook and new platforms like iOS and Android really kicked in and enabled entrepreneurs anywhere um, to have global distribution and build, and build products that would matter to the US or even to the global market out of far-flung random locations like Helsinki, Stockholm, Tel Aviv, Moscow, Belgrade, Minsk. And um, that was something that wasn't really possible before these global platforms emerged. And it was not just the distribution platforms, um, but also platforms like Amazon's AWS, which made it much cheaper. Um, and and less uh, and more frictionless to get started, that enabled entrepreneurs to really thrive in all corners of the world. And so, Adam, hey, real um, quick, before, Adam, before we get too far ahead, let me just just real quick go back to a second with Love Film. Let's just close out the Love Film story for a second. That ended in two thousand eight. That that for you specifically, but in two thousand eleven, Love Film. I think you guys grew to about one point six million subscribers, and the Amazon acquisition was for somewhere around three hundred million bucks. Is that accurate? 
That's accurate. For businesses looking, quick question on Love Film before we go back to the uh, kind of the story you were just talking about, Excel. For, you know, a lot of times people look at successful businesses right now. So what would your advice be for somebody looking at Netflix as it currently is today? If they were going to launch something, right, that that would be kind of the future uh, of kind of on-demand video, uh, what is something that somebody could do as a small startup right now that could compete with Netflix that Netflix just can't do because of its size? Um, well, I think Netflix is a difficult company to compete with because they're just so phenomenal um, on so many different levels. And a lot of the competition that they see uh, is coming from very, very strong companies that can, that can compete on, um, uh, on, you know, on the fronts that Netflix uh, competes, which is, um, you know, massive technology infrastructure, very significant investment in buying content, but also creating content. So that lands up being uh, more likely to become companies like Google and Amazon than it does uh, a startup. But I certainly have seen some companies um, doing interesting things in the market, including um, aggregating uh, long tail live content like sports. Um, and there's a very um, impressive company uh, called Flow Sports that is aggregating uh, long, um, long tail live sports content that lots of people um, are very passionate about but haven't been sort of like mainstream ESPN sports. So uh -huh. I think that's super interesting. Um, I've heard of companies aggregating um, sports, uh, sports content from all over the world um, and just making it available uh, in one place, even if it means linking through to um, uh, you know, cable providers or freely available stuff. Um, so I think there are ways to um, to create value. Although I must say, in the in, in the world of content, it's always challenging, just given the uh, strength of the um, and uh, of very large companies like Netflix and others. And also, the content providers have a lot of leverage. The content creators have a lot of leverage. Yep. Um, so, so not. Not, not, not necessarily the easiest place to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't yep. mean it's not possible uh, every now and then. Yeah, fair enough. Interesting perspective on the long tail kind of live sports content. And uh, we'll link guys to the, the companies Adam is mentioning in the show notes at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top. 299. Adam, before we jump back into Excel and even before we get into kind of the success that General Cap uh, Catalyst has seen, just for the audience, what you have to look forward to, General Catalyst has done over 405 investments in over 237 companies. They've had seven IPOs and 50 acquisitions. That was a, Adam, that was the most up to date that I've got. Is that accurate? Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I said seven IPOs and 50 acquisitions. That's the most up-to-date information I've got on General Catalyst. That's public. You have, you have to send it to us. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, let's go back. So let's go back. Let me uh, let me go back to where I interrupted you. So the the, the pickup in Excel, uh, what bet uh, you moved from uh, Endemol Shine Group, which was corporate, back into Excel. Why did you decide to go back into venture capital after uh, your corporate experience? You know, when I think back on my career, um, I've either been working at traditional companies trying to defend uh, disruption, or I've worked with, with or um, or I've worked with the companies that were doing the disrupting, and that would be broadly how I divide the years that I've spent working. 
And if I look back, I've always had much more fun uh, working with the disruptor. Um, and uh, at my time back uh, in corporate, especially at Endemol, um, we were very focused on um, a number of key areas for the business at the time, which included social and mobile gaming, uh, original content creation, um, and, uh, and online gambling, um, all of which were very significant growth areas for the business. Um, and I spent a lot of my time interacting with the disrupting companies. And um, the more time, uh, and I, you know, it was a, an amazing experience, um, and I learned a lot uh, working there, but I just kept itching to get back on the other side. And there was actually one company specifically um, that pushed me over the edge, which was a, um, a company based in London called Playfish, which had been founded by um, a group of very talented gaming entrepreneurs led by Christian Segestrada, who is a Finnish entrepreneur. And him and I spoke at a conference together uh, in Cannes in France. Um, and I was talking about gaming from the perspective of the incumbent, and he was talking about gaming from the perspective of the uh, social gaming disruptor. And uh, he had actually been backed by uh, Axel, and shortly after that, and, and I remember thinking afterwards, I'm on the wrong side of this. <laughs> Electronic um, Arts got them, didn't they? I want to be doing what Christian's doing. <laughs> and shortly after that, uh, Excel approached me and one thing led to another. And then coincidentally, when I got to GC, one of the first investments I did was investing in Christian's uh, next company, which is called Super Evil Megacorp. I love that. Um, so that story, that story um, uh, had a um, next chapter. So before we go in deeper into Super Evil Megacorp and your experience again at, at GC now, I want to go back to an interesting bet that you took at uh, at Excel. I believe you led this round, but it was in, in Halo. And, and the question I have is, I believe based off what I researched, Halo is essentially trying to bring a very old, right? It's basically Uber, but instead of being the disruptor that's trying to replace taxis, it's trying to bring the taxi kind of current infrastructure around to actually compete with Uber. One, is that true? And two, uh, why make that bet? Um, yeah, so, no, so Halo was a company that was founded in 2010, I believe. Um, they went live in London in 2011, and um, by early 2012, it already became a phenomenon in London, and we invested right at the beginning of 2012, and uh, saw the company um, grow very fast and make a huge footprint in London and some other markets. Um, and uh, it was overall a, um, you know, a positive experience working with a great team. I think they had some very strong competition. And um, uh, I think the market, uh, no one ever, you know, when I look back, I don't think we ever expected the market to be that big. But I don't think we uh, expected the competitors to be that good. Yeah. Um, is the thesis so, right, though, Adam? Uh, the thesis behind the business is, is actually working with the taxi industry instead of trying to just destroy it, which is what, you know, obviously Uber's after. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think they've done a really good job in a lot of the cities that they're in. Mm -hmm. uh, but there were a lot, you know, if you, if you look back at that time, I mean, you know, that, that, that was one company, but it was a very interesting time in general because um, it was a period where there were still a lot of questions around whether Europe would become a viable venture capital environment because the last time around the party ended before uh, it really got started back mm -hmm. in 2000, 2001. So, and then it was 2008 
and nine. So there was there were a lot of question marks about what would happen afterwards. And um, the uh, there were just a lot of phenomenal companies formed um, in Europe at that time. Um, you know, there's a um, as you know, the, the one from the sort of previous era was Skype, but then there was a whole other generation of companies that came afterwards, and Europe has actually been, you know, really thriving. So it was just a really good personal experience um, to be meeting with all these companies um, uh, all over Europe at a time when, you know, there wasn't a lot of venture capital money available, um, but there was, like, a lot of companies that came out of it. And there were mm-hmm. a lot of companies that never even put venture money in the end. Like, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to court people, at companies like Minecraft and uh, with the company was called Mojang and yeah, companies like Wargaming that created the phenomenon uh, World of Tanks. Yep. And many of these companies never even needed to take venture money that were so profitable. But it was certainly a very uh, you know privileged time and I was grateful to have had that time back in venture in Europe. But then I was fortunate enough to move back to the US where my wife is from. And Was um, she living in the US at the time? I mean, was that one of the big reasons? Yeah, so she, she, she lived with me in London, but then she moved back to the U.S. Uh, to, you know, sometime before I did. Um, uh, so that was the primary driver of me moving back to the U.S. initially. Um, and then I got lucky enough to meet the General Catalyst team um, that had worked very closely with, um, with Excel London, which is how I knew them, and landed up joining their team at the end of 2012 and have been here ever since. So let's go into to some of the investments you've made. I think you've led and just Adam, correct me if any of this information is wrong. Okay. It's just based off research I've done, but the class pass investment seems to be one that's doing extremely well. You've said extremely uh, uh, nice things, obviously about the founder and the founding team and kind of her vision. Uh, what did you see early on in the business and, and what kind of enabled you to, to get into that deal early? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I met uh, I met Payal, uh, the founder, when she was really in her first month of ClassPass. She had pivoted from another business before that had raised some seed money, mm-hmm. but she was I met her when she was raising a seed round for ClassPass, and I think she was two weeks into experimenting with this subscription-based model. Um, and I was very intrigued uh, by her and also the early progress that they had. Uh, but we landed up not investing in the seed round and watching the company uh, for about a year. Um, and we saw um, her and um, her co-founder and, and the rest of the team um, just do a really good job executing. Hey, Adam, what um, year was this? Just give us some context. We met, we met her. We met Pyle in... Um, so we closed the investment at the end of... 2014. Okay. And we met her in the middle of 2013. Okay. Got it. And now, I mean, just for context for top tribe listening in, I I believe this is based off business insiders, a source. So who the heck knows Adam, how accurate it is, but a hundred million dollar annualized run rate as of summer 2015 is what was published there. Um, and in total, I believe the series C round was in 2015 for 30 million. Um, quick question for you on that. It looks like at least the public information that Adam, that I saw, and obviously don't disclose anything that, that is obviously SEC issues, but it looks like Google Ventures took that, that whole round. I mean, are, do you guys typically, once you're are in a business, you try and participate in all the following rounds or do you try and only stick to series A and B and then get out or what? What's your thesis there? No, so we, um, 
you know, it depends. Um, we, in the case of CloudFast, we have participated in all the rounds, as have many of the other. Investors. Oh, you did. Okay. Okay, great. So, uh, okay, let's let's just let's jump back to Super Evil Megacorp. So, you obviously got connected with these guys. Uh, the first introduction was it at the conference? Is that the first time you met the you met the founder there? No, I actually knew him from uh, well before that. Um, okay. So, well, so, so he. Um, so, in the case of Super Evil. We knew uh, Christian, who was brought in to help run the company with the four founders. Um, Segastrala, right? Came yeah, Christopher Segastrala. So Christian Segastrala um, was uh, brought in by the four founders uh, to help run the company. And we knew Christian, and that's how we got involved with the company. But he wasn't the original founder. Got it. So, so Super Evil Megacorp, uh, kind of, can you give us a high level of the, of the yeah, kind of the thesis of what the business is trying to do? And then I have some questions about that. Yeah. So, um, phenomenal company, um, mobile game developer with the thesis that the future of gaming will be driven by mobile because there will be three to five billion mobile devices capable of running a core game um, in the, in, over the next few years, and they're going to be, you know, probably less than a billion PC devices. Um, so, if you want to bet on building games for the mass market, especially in developing countries and for younger people, mobile is a bet to make. And that has already been proven out in casual and even in the mid core. But it hasn't been proven out in core gaming because core gamers still play to a large extent on PC and mm -hmm. on console. The big bet that they're making is that the core gamers will eventually play on mobile, but also the younger people, people in developing countries that have never played games will become core gamers, will become core gamers on mobile devices and their game um, is essentially a MOBA game, which is the same genre as League of Legends, um, but built on a touchscreen device. And they are already becoming the fastest growing um, and the most formed eSport on touchscreen devices. How do you uh, measure that, there. Adam, when you say faster growing? Is it downloads? Is it revenue and app purchases? What's the measurement? You can, you can see you can see that is being shared by the big platform companies. Like if you look on Twitch and YouTube, you can see that this is the um, this is the um, the mobile game that that really is becoming an esport, meaning hundreds of thousands or millions of people watching live streams, watching on Twitch and YouTube, uh, having global tournaments with professional players, uh, big prize money. Um, you know, so that is typically reserved for, you know, PC games, uh, you know, like League of Legends and Dota and Counter-Strike. And this is the, this is one of the real contenders to be the, you know, the next big esport in, uh, in mobile. So Adam, over the next, so a lot of excitement, I was going to say, a lot of excitement around. Yeah, you should look at, um, yeah, I mean, if you, uh, it was a big announcement about a partnership with Twitch yesterday that uh, Forbes and some other press covered that, 
you should definitely look at. Great. Guys, and again, we'll link to that in the show notes at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top 299. Adam, I want to squeeze in over the next three minutes. I want to touch very quickly on on CCP and massively multiplayer games and that investment along with Giphy before we before we wrap up. So the reason I want to touch on CCP uh, quickly uh, is because uh, I want to g- try and get your perspective on, on VR and massively multiplayer games, maybe even Super Evil, uh, really usher- issuing in VR uh, uh, to the gaming market before it expands uh, to kind of a more war wide platform uh, was that the big opportunity you saw in the ccp investment or was there something else there yeah so um we initially invested in ccp some years back and um ccp created the iconic uh mmo game eve online uh which has had a massive following for you know many many years very successful game one of the biggest mmos uh large following very profitable and um they had experimented with uh, a number of other opportunities to expand beyond that. And in 2014, they started um, focusing on um, virtual reality long before it was uh, cool. And they started working on a game called E Valkyrie, um, which has become the most celebrated or one of the most celebrated uh, VR games. Uh, um, uh, initially focused on Oculus, but across all platforms, and um, this uh, and it, it's been announced that Evalkyrie, you know, will ship with all the pre-orders of um, Oculus. Of Oculus, really exciting for the company and uh, for Oculus because it really, um, it, it really is. It's a space fighting game, and it's an incredible experience. It really brings out uh, what the future may uh, may look like with VR. Um, and if you haven't played it, I encourage everyone to uh, to try and find a way to try it. And that just created a whole new set of opportunities for the company. Um, and there's a lot of exciting other projects that are happening both in VR and uh, elsewhere. And are these between Super Evil and CCP is the main revenue strategy here uh, less on ads and more on kind of emotionally driven in-game purchases? Yeah, so, you know, it's, um, uh, Eve is driven by a subscription a subscription model with the opportunity to uh, you know sp- uh, to spend money in other ways and uh, and Vainglory, which is Super Evil's game, is a free to play game, uh, so you can play as much as you want without spending any money. But there are options to uh, you know there are um, microtransactions and option and, and and lots of options to um, to spend money as well. Great. Um, but those are both, you know, two very viable business models for gaming companies. Great. Well, and those of you uh, listening again, millions and millions of you guys are tuning in. If you want to study kind of gaming in the future of VR and the different models, I, I highly suggest you go study and play these Super Evil games along with these CCP games. Uh, this is not from Adam. I want to underscore that. This is from uh, Markets for Risk report, which I will link to in the show notes. But CCP in 2015, uh, revenue was reported at $78 million and then $82 million in 2016 or about 5% growth per annum. Again, that is not necessarily accurate or from Adam. That's from a source I, I, I studied online. I'll link that in the show notes but regardless it's doing well i encourage you guys to check it out adam let's spend 60 seconds it's it deserves so much more time because it's an interesting emotional play but let's spend 60 seconds on giphy before we wrap up february 26th there was a 50 million dollar round of funding at a 300 million dollar post money valuation as reported by TechCrunch. when did you guys get involved in the company and what do you like most about it we got um we got involved at the company in the company at the beginning of 2015 
We are so excited to work with the company. The founders are just absolutely awesome guys, super contemporary, um, had over the horizon radar um, about where the world was going in terms of messaging and communication and understood early how important the animated gifts would be in the sort of future of communication and just moved really fast to become the driving force and the um, the driving force in that space and have created also, you know, a wide range of tools uh, for consumers and incredible um, opportunities for uh, content owners and advertisers to take advantage of um, the way people are interacting and communicating. So we're just super excited to work with the team and we think that it's, um, they already have a massive footprint um, uh, in terms of users, in terms of the amount of gift. What, what is, is that public? Long. Adam, can you give us a sense of company size? How many users? You have to look online. Okay, but it is public. It's somewhere out there. Yeah. Okay, great. Great. And so what, uh, it, for, last time I read this, they did not have, they weren't really focused on revenue. They didn't really have much revenue. You just mentioned though, a little bit about working with advertisers. Have they turned on that revenue stream? And if so, is, is it the advertising play of the future there? Yeah, I think that for, um, you know, for Giphy, it's still very early days. Um, and I think that there'll be many ways that they'll be able to uh, monetize. And I think the future looks very bright for them. Awesome. Well, Adam, before we wrap up real quick, if the Top Tribe wants to follow and kind of listen to you and, and follow what you're doing at General Capital uh, Catalyst moving forward, where can they connect with you personally online? Uh, Twitter, at Adam Vulcan. Uh, Facebook and through our website, generalcatalyst.com. Okay, so so many of you have been asking me, you're an agency and you bill for your time or you have, you're a coach and you sell your hours to coaching clients. Well, stop fooling around with Word documents and templates or Excel files to try and send your invoicing. Okay, I just did it. I use this thing called FreshBooks. It's a tool. It takes me about 34 seconds to create and send an invoice. And here's why I love it. If you're a coach or an agency, you know how you always spend time begging and pestering your clients to pay? Well, Fresh books makes and becomes the bad guy for you. They'll send late payment reminders, which means you don't have to chase people down and strain the relationship. So I love that. Additionally, when you create the invoice in the upper left, you can put your own brand logo and things in there so you can stay on brand and professional. So here's the deal. You know, the show is all about numbers and the most important thing listening for everybody is that FreshBooks is simple, even if you're not a numbers person. Well, you know, actually, especially if you're not a numbers person, person. Don't you dare come on my show and expect me not to ask you numbers questions. You guys know that I do. I go for the jugular and you now can use FreshBooks to keep your numbers organized. To get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks and enter the top in the how did you hear about us section. Again, to get your free month, go to nathanlatka.com forward slash FreshBooks right now and enter the top in the how did you hear about us section. No credit card required. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24 
24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Great. And guys, top top again, we'll put all those in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 299. All right, Adam, we're about to wrap up. It has a famous title. Do you know what time it is? Delhi is like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's 338. No, Adam, it's time for the famous five. Are you ready, man? Yeah. Number one, favorite business book. Favorite business book. I wasn't expecting that question. Um, or what are you reading right now? I am reading um, a, a famous business book was Good to Great. Good to Great. Jim Collins. Great. Okay, number two. Uh, yeah. This is kind of like asking you to pick one of your babies, but is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Do you mean as a potential... Um, Someone you're learning the most from. Which CEO are you studying and learning the most from right now? Wait, do you mean just someone anywhere in the world? Yeah, any CEO that you're studying, reading their bios, watching what they do, because they're intriguing and you're learning from them. Okay. Hey, can we start this again? The, uh, the famous the yeah, five. Of course, of course. No problem. Yeah, Adam, the famous five. We'll, we'll edit this out in post-production. The famous five are a favorite book, CEO you're following or studying, your favorite online tool, do you get eight hours of sleep? And the last one is, what do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? So with, with those in mind, we'll jump back to the beginning. And if you need to pause in between, that's fine. We'll just edit out the pauses. Okay, cool. All right, all right. Okay, Adam, so question number one, what is your favorite business book? Good to great. All right, Jim Collins, it's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Yes. <laughs> Which, Jeff Bezos. Jeff, Jeff Bezos? Yeah. Awesome. Number three, uh, as you're building and kind of looking for deal flow and staying close to the companies you're managing on the boards of, is there any particular online tool that you really, really love? Um, Giphy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Get in some advertisement there, right? Giphy. All right. Next question. Uh, you're a busy guy. Obviously, you have a family. Uh, it sounds like, well, I, at least I know you have a, a wife. Do you have, uh, do you have young kids as well? Or are they all grown up and they're not? A, yeah. not you do. Okay. So here's the question. Yes or no. Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? I do not get eight hours of sleep. What do you try and optimize for? Six. Six? I guess pretty good. That's not that's not bad. Okay, and then last question. Take us back, Adam, to your 20-year-old self. What do you I guess this was this was before you decided to jump in at 25 years old in 1999 to head over to the VC firm, the small VC firm in the in Europe. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? 
that it's a young person's world and that the um, in the tech world, your 20s, every possibility is open to you and that many of the really interesting projects and most disruptive ideas come from people that are freshly minted graduates or didn't even get that far um, and that there's no reason to wait um, for anything else to happen. Just go and make it happen. Top tribe. There you have it. Momentum is king. Don't wait for stuff to happen. Jump right in from Adam himself, who already has a storied career, both in enterprise or on the disruptor side with his work in VC, where he's invested in some of the world's fastest growing companies that we discussed today, like Giphy, ClassPass, Super Evil and CCP. Stay tuned. Continue watching him at General Catalyst as they continue to grow and support the next round of future leaders uh, and entrepreneurs uh, in the world. Adam, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you for having me on the show. Of course. If you guys enjoyed Adam today, go back and listen to yesterday's episode with Anshi Bhatia. He quit his 150 grand job at 26 year old and now he charges 50 to 300 grand per e-commerce project that he works on. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.